0: CineBuds is supported by Associated Bank CineBuds
1: CineBuds Two buddies, buddies talking about, talking about Cinema hey. Oh my word That's us, Christopher What, you mean this? Yes uh, Fantastic
0: This is CineBuds I am 88.9's Justin
1: Barney I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard
0: And today, we are talking about Boy arrest I want you to have a great life I love you, but we cannot see a way that you can live under this roof
1: if you're going to fundamentally go against the grain of our belief. Boy Erased is a contemporary drama about... It is about a young man uh, from a religious background who is sent to uh, one of those programs to make you not gay anymore. Uh, Re- conversion therapy Conversion camp. therapy camp, yeah.
0: The director is Joel Edgerton. This is his second movie. His first full length was The Gift. So this is basically is you know kind of yeah. his,
1: he's written a bunch of films and he's, he's acted in it. a lot. Yeah, key
0: actors in it are Lucas Hedges. He was in Lady he's Bird. Always good. Oh uh, yeah, who is also good and Manchester by the Sea, Three Billboards, and also in it is Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. He's familiar. Flea, the bassist of Red Hot Chili Peppers? I have peppers. a lot to
1: say about Flea. <laughs> I'll wait till the podcast, but I have a lot to say about Flea. What's your hot take? What do you think of Boy Raised? I really, really enjoyed it. It's a very powerful movie. Yeah, enjoyed is probably not the right word, but it's a very powerful movie. And I will say this. I always admit when I'm wrong. Uh, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't. But I do not like Nicole Kidman, and I do not like Russell Crowe. Generally, interesting, they are perfectly competent is it their Australianness. <laughs> I think that might be it. Don't like them Aussies <laughs> coming over here. Uh, no, I um, they're perfectly competent actors. Some say Nicole Kidman's quite good. Uh, there's something huh. about the two of them. I get it, you know what though. I mean? It's one of those things I, like, I, do I don't get know why it. I don't like you, but I don't care for you. However, um, in this movie, they were both, I thought, really exceptional. I mean, Lucas Hedges, I, I feel like, is is going to be huge. He's He's been wow. in a bunch of powerful yeah. movies, and he's doing great. So that goes without mentioning. But um, the two of them I really liked in this movie, and they were more interesting characters than I thought they would be.
0: This movie itself is a true story. Yeah, I didn't know that till the end. Yeah, yeah I knew that going in. And uh, um, the whole thing centers around, and the kind of the central thing, is this conversion therapy that he goes to. Yeah. He is kind of suspecting... And his parents are kind of suspecting that he's gay. And he does not say it. He doesn't act on it. Yeah. But they they involve him in this conversion therapy
1: program. Yeah. It's like, it. sadly, it reminded me of day camp when I was like in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Where you go there and then you go home in the evening. <clears throat> but not fun at all. It's terrible what they do there. and But um, really, really shone a light. Uh, shined a light? Shined a light <laughs> on... Uh, on that kind of thing. I'm I feel like I was watching it. I felt like this is close to home and also incredibly foreign to me at the same time because I'm from That's a town I'm from a town like this has very conservative churches, etc. and yeah. I've heard of that kind of thing. Uh I didn't know anyone who participated in it, but then you hear those horror stories of what happens there.
0: That is a central part of it is this conversion therapy and that it is still going on. Right. I felt that the part of the strongest parts of this movie was that it was also about this internal struggle of being 18 years old, of questioning who you are and having a lot of people in your world tell you what they think you should be, who you should be, and what they think, who they think you are. And so for me, that's a part of this movie that really came through was turning 18 years old. And having somebody on this shoulder saying, you should act and you should be this way. Of growing up in a place that says that this is right and this is wrong. Right. And then having the main character, who is played by Lucas Hedges, do a great job of internalizing this yeah. and processing this. And you see him go through it and then become who he thinks he is. Yeah. And to so, me, that was really cool.
1: Yeah, it's a very familiar thing for everyone except taken to a very specific and very extreme you know length. Yeah. Um, really just some parts very difficult to watch you know it really hits you in the gut Um, and like I said those actors did an amazing job but yeah I also have and I'll wait to the podcast but I have a lot to say about some surprising storylines in there that I thought were just as effective as the main one but yeah good stuff
0: support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank proud supporter of Milwaukee Film offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking more about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at AssociatedBank.com slash Film. Member FDIC. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And?
1: are Back, we are what? back. We are uh, be our guests. Be our guests. Yes, <laughs> is nice. that what it is? yeah, that was what I was I oh, nailed up. it, but then I couldn't finish it. So, thank
0: you. <laughs> um, we are talking about Boy Erased, yeah. and let's just pull apart some of these storylines. Yeah, that sounds great. Some of the threads, just pick it apart a little more. Um, so we're gonna go into is this a spoiler dish?
1: Yeah, there's gonna be some spoilers. Um, nothing, uh, I think critical probably, but, uh, I don't know, Yeah, maybe they are. So it's up to you guys. <laughs> well, what's,
0: I feel like there's a, there's a thing that you want to talk. Well, about first of
1: all, there's just a bunch of interesting things about this movie. Um, I ran into a friend who had seen the movie right before I went in. I said, oh, I'm going to go see Boy Erased. He goes, Oh, sorry. So he clearly didn't care for it. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, he also said it was one of the visually most ugly films he's seen. Oh, that's interesting. Which, it's interesting to have, to like
0: go into a movie and have an opinion from somebody. Yeah, which being a negative opinion, absolutely hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really know. hate
1: it when people like, you're about to go do it. Right. Like, oh, you're about to have a terrible time. Bye. <laughs> right. um, but I don't agree. I mean, it's not, the movie's not visually, uh, they're not concentrating on the visual aspects of it as much as some, you know, more fantastical films. That's not the point. Right. But I, I thought kind of it was really, really deliberate. How the movie's very like dark vi- like lightning wise dark browns um and in the when he's at the conversion camp, everyone's wearing white shirts or brown or or khaki mm. Mm-hmm. And from I've actually heard that that's they do that intentionally at those camps because they associate bright colors with homosexuality, yeah, so they purposely mute it, and the whole film is muted in that way, which I thought was seems obviously intentional to me, which mm-hmm. I thought was very impressive that is and yeah there was nothing about the film's photography that I thought was ugly in any way. I mean, there are scenes that are intended to be awful and you know and the the powerful and dramatic, so they're not like the camera's not dancing around um but it's it's all intentional and really well thought out i i really like that part of it too
0: i went to, like you went into this movie with this kind of negative energy yeah from this person i went into this movie seeing the preview a bunch of times from movies at the oriental oh yeah and uh, <clears throat> i saw i was like nicole kidman also not like I'm not like oh Nicole Kidman yeah in it. yeah yeah I don't I don't really know it and same thing with Russell Crow yeah um unless Gladiator yeah <laughs> sure, and sure. It's, uh, Russell Crow in this like huge fat suit
1: I'm only into his performance in Les Misérables because I enjoy his singing voice
0: oh yes
1: It's not true
0: uh, and so <laughs> that was a I do love Joel Edgerton <laughs> so I was excited about that but I went in being like this is a story about a boy coming out and an in a family in a time where it's difficult to come out. Right. Why now? Yeah. You know, it just kind of seemed like, why? You know, there was like two years ago when the government said that it was okay to be gay. There was like kind of like a run of movies similar to this, of people coming out of the difficulty and the triumph over that. And I just kind of thought, why in 2018? Mm -hmm. And going into it, that was that was my that was my thinking. And then watching it, I think that it is much more where some of those movies really honed in on the the difficulty of coming out. Yeah. This was very much focused on coming out, but was more about the difficulty of finding who you are at this time. Yeah. Of growing up and I empathized with it a lot growing up Roman Catholic. Yeah and having a lot of people say you should act a certain way and you should feel guilt about yeah. this you should feel shame about this and then coming to it myself and there was really this one point in the movie that stuck out to me he is kind of going through the he's having a difficult time with his parents mm. and thinking of who he is and he sees a doctor and she says i hold oh yeah i hold religion in one hand i hold science in the other
1: and she says, maybe your parents are wrong. Yeah. I l- it was so satisfying hearing her say that because up to that point, you're only hearing the parents talk. Mm-hmm. You're only hearing the conversion therapy because they go back and forth in, chrono- uh, in the in the timeline. Uh, but And then she was finally, there was like a moment of somebody outside saying, you're okay. You're yes. fine. Maybe all those things <clears> that are <were throat> happening on the inside... Yeah.
0: Maybe there's something to that. Yeah. And that was kind of like the first crack in right. the eggshell, yeah, yeah, you know? And then immediately after that, and you can kind of see it change. That was just like the brilliance of Lucas Hedges. It was mm-hmm. like you can, in his mind, you yeah. can see it. And that's just brilliant. He was just acting.
1: waiting. It's like that character was just waiting for someone to say. Just one like,
0: person to say. You might be all right. <laughs> yeah. and
1: But then the immediately
0: coming off of that, they have the... The kind of like the head conversion therapist yeah, and he is saying they're they're back at the camp and he's saying you know maybe you should drop out of college <laughs> you should do that and focus on yeah. not being gay anymore yeah and so that was where you really saw on one side he's got Somebody in his life saying, maybe you're right, somebody saying you should drop out of college, and he has really got to figure this out. And that was where it really hit me as being like, wow, this is really more than all of these things. It is the story of finding out who you really are. Right.
1: And this story, like, I mean, obviously there's still not – it's like, oh, prejudice has been solved. Uh, Right. (laughs) We're all on board. Right. So these stories need to keep happening, and this this one is really specific – uh, I mean, actually, not that specific. I'm sure this happens a ton, as we saw yeah. in the name, the plate at the end, where they talk about like seven hundred thousand people have been affected by these conversion caps. Um, and there was some really, I mean,
0: there is a scene in it. If you're listening now, we have spoiled or in spoily dish. Yeah. There is a scene in it where they they bring a casket, and they're oh, having yeah. this like burial for for this this boy who is gay and metaphoric metaphoric. metaphoric, Yeah. yeah. This and they have his like they have this like little girl hit him, like beat him with a Bible. And supposed to be hitting
1: him hitting the the devil out of him essentially they have his dad do it his brother Uh, and then they give it to this little kid to do it encouraging them to hit this this boy i have this thing where i watch movies where
0: if somebody is crying in the movie i can i have i well up i like i cannot i cannot not cry if somebody is crying and so that was like there were several times in this where i'm like (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> because people are crying.
1: I will say my favorite, one of the the thing I was alluding to earlier uh, that I was so kind of surprised by was the story arc of Nicole Kidman's character who plays Lucas Hedges' mother. Um, at the beginning, it's a very southern slash midwestern yeah. family, very religious. She plays a midwest or southern mom very well. Like just very, yeah, what, I, like she says her opinion, but whatever the father says, she just kind of goes with that or or demures to him and that's frustrating again my parents were not like that but from the town I lived in I was very very familiar Mm -hmm. with this dynamic and from films I mean that's a popular one from films too it's like the 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 the, the meek wife and the domineering father right um he he plays a domineering father but not to not in a very typical way like you can still see that he cares and he's Mm -hmm. holds himself back from being overly domineering. So he's not like the typical character and hers seems like it's going to be for a while. And this is what I was so surprised by Uh, yeah. is because, and again, we're spoiling some stuff. Uh, (laughs) When you get to the end, towards the end, you see the mother come around and gain this strength where she takes over. She said, no, your father will listen to me for a change. You're my son. And this should not be happening to you. She becomes the, the, the force that kind of really, like, uh, puts the final nail in it. Where she's just like, "We're taking care of this. We're taking you out of here." So she goes from this kind of typical one-dimensional character, yes, into, and then she blossoms into like, "I am taking charge. And this then, is my son. I'm taking over."
0: And then it's like a crisis of identity for her too, right? You know, it's like that part isn't so isn't as on screen as, right. as his, but it comes through. And in the end, you can tell that she's gone through this with yeah. him. That she. She in her hand, she has the doctrine and she has the religion in this uh, this part of her life that is so strong. And then she has her son who is challenging all of these beliefs that she right. has. And in the end, she sides like with her son. Yeah. And that was like, that really was touching.
1: that was the most one of the more I would say equally as impressive yes. as the other storyline to me, which and it was, but it was more of a surprise to me. Yes. Um, it has a really nice ending. I was very happy about that. And uh, it's really impressive. Um, a little kind of uh, went against my expectations for some of the film. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, uh, really good. The
0: one thing I did have against this movie yeah. was that the soundtrack I sucked. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, my I should have just God. said it before I said it. I was like, this movie could be like just notched up so much. Here's the thing. There was, they switched three
1: songs <laughs> yeah. out. But not all of them. I I knew you were going to say that. Oh, the lat, towards the end, too, they used a very sentimental kind of saccharine sweet song. There was a few songs in it that I thought, oh, that is a cool song and it's appropriate to the scene. They did it well, I would say, like 50%. But the other 50% stuck out yes. more. I kind of agree. They stuck out in a way where it's like Ladybird had
0: had this soundtrack and this was similar ish to Lady yeah. Bird, you know, family dramas and all that. And uh where Lady Bird like made music the central theme and it was yeah. it like kind of came back to a song that you know and this they just had three times in this movie where a song played at a key moment that was supposed to add something. And I just <laughs> thought,
1: oh <laughs> I only Really stuck out to me once, but you probably would have a, a, a uh, keener God. ear for it than I would. Mm. I will say this this is not a criticism of the film at all. Very clear about that. I just think it would be interesting. Again, knowing no where I came, where like growing up in the Midwest, which is often Missouri, which is often considered the South, which it's not, but culturally it has literally the culturally it has the worst parts of the south without (laughs) like without good food they tell you i was in
0: (laughs) the the first time i was in missouri i was in missouri for five minutes i mean i got out of my car yeah and walked from the gas station from the where i was pumping gas into the gas station and i was offered pcp oh (laughs) i was like hello Missouri.
1: (laughs) I've never been offered PCP. However, I did see a sign on a gas station once that advertised moonshine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, welcome to Missouri. Anyway, that Uh, (laughs) decides. So, um, familiar with that setting, Mm. I just think it would be so interesting to see that whole movie done where it didn't take place in the South, Mm. where it took place in some, even even something slightly more metropolitan. Sure. I genuinely think it would be more, pa- I mean, this was a true story, so that's why. Right. But I would love to hear, see that story. That would be more frightening to know that. Oh, it's not just the South where this happens. But if they didn't have the accents they had, if they weren't very, very intentionally listening to bad country music in the car, the mother was listening to it. Right. Have big bouffant hairdos. If there was, j- if it was just people dressed normally ha- without those accents, I would be more terrified of that. Yeah. Um, I just kept thinking that. Oh, I'm very familiar. Of course, it's the South. Of course, it's this and that aspect to it. I totally agree with that because there is
0: a city versus country divide in in everything that we do. That is kind of like a central gulf in politics and in how we kind of like think of the world. And city people are one way and country people are another. And it did have a like, he moves to the city and he is a liberal. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: But I do... I mean, it doesn't even, to me, have to be a city thing. I, but if it I was agree just with you. Without those accents, without the country right. music in the background, that alone would have made like, oh my gosh, these are like just, this is like a cult, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. The, the other way, you were like, oh, of course this happens there. Uh, because I was there and it did. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it just would have been really interesting. I, not a criticism at all, and obviously it's a true story, so why would you do that? But and right. that's where it was based. It was just interesting. Well, if you want to know
0: more about the true story. Yeah. There is a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Unerased. I was oh, that's great. I was listening to it because they did. Listen, do you ever listen to Radiolab? Yes, Radio Lab. O oh, G, like the one of the greatest podcasts to ever yeah. exist. And uh, uh, Jad Abumrad, who who does that podcast, um, started doing this Unerased, and they had they did like two episodes on on Radio Lab where they did Unerased. And so, if you are interested in this story go to radio lab and check out unerased or i'm sure that you can just google unerased and it's like at the end of this one where they get to it and they see you see the head of the conversion therapy yeah uh, can't, and then it shows he now is married and lives with his husband in texas oh yeah yeah and you can look at that and be like oh what a hypocrite like this guy yeah. was you know you can think of whatever you want to think of him but in the podcast they talk to him a lot. Oh, that's interesting. And they tell his story yeah. and the, the difficulties that he had himself coming out. Yeah. And uh, all of, he goes through the same crisis of identity that the main character in this goes through. And uh, it really humanizes him. Yeah. And it talks a lot about conversion therapy and the thoughts behind it. It talks to the original, the people who started it. Yeah, Kind of the the, it goes through the, the entire psychological community, and uh, how they declassified homosexuality, how they took it off of the the list of diseases, yeah, and just how that shook
1: up the world. Oh, that's really interesting. And how
0: people thought of it. So it was. It's been really. Uh, it's been a really great listen. And then, yeah, we've got to check know, that out. Movie too.
1: Before we end, I forgot. We have to talk about Flea real quick. Oh. <laughs> So flee from the <laughs> yeah. red hot chili? Yes, that flea. Yes, that flea. <laughs> it
0: started. The movie started. And it was go. It, it had like the place cards for a couple of the yeah. actors, and it was flee. And I laughed out loud. Right.
1: And that's what this. That's the, one of the main things I want to talk about. Is uh-huh. that this is a, a really dramatic film mm. about uh, about gay conversion conversion camps, <laughs> and it's very dramatic. And Flea is like, nope, my name is Flea. (laughs) You will put that in the title card. (laughs) And this is like Dwayne the Rock. The Rock goes by Dwayne Johnson when he's in films (laughs) now. Uh, Even Cedric the Entertainer was not, was in a film, a dramatic film recently, by Cedric, uh, whatever his last name Uh, (laughs) is. Flea (laughs) Flea is I am. This is who I am. Yeah. You're going to be in Schindler's list. Oh, okay. My name's Flea. I want (laughs) Flea on the screen. But he was so realistic. He was excellent. Like, he was a very naturalistic actor, and you would think Flea's gonna be super over the top and hammy. But I'm like, you are, I'm terrified of you. He was great.
0: Yeah. I was like, thank God that he's in this, that he's doing this yeah. on the side. I, it could For have For your
1: consideration,
0: yes. Flea. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at Oscar that. voters. <laughs> But Boy Erased, um, excellent. Yeah. See, uh, listen to the Unerased podcast. Even, you know, if you didn't watch the movie or whatever. It's yeah, it's just great Good stuff on its own. Next week, what are we talking about? We're
1: talking about the holiday. Holiday
0: movies. Our favorites, our least favorites. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let's do least favorites. Our traditions. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna do that next week. Thank you for listening. Yes. See you soon. CineBuds is produced by Tyrone Miller.
1: Oh, I we like him.
0: get handcrafted sonic inspiration from The License Arts Lab. sounds. Our soundtrack or our theme song, our jingle is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Oh, Nooski. News. Our, we also get, I'm always like, I'm always so excited about you <laughs> saying that that I forget what I'm supposed to say <laughs> next. We also get support from Associated Bank. We get support from members of Milwaukee Film and members of 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and um what else i think thank that's it thank you very
1: much for listening thank to you, us Polly. ramble on <laughs>
0: yeah really yeah <laughs> you don't have to do this we thank you i appreciate, I appreciate it, it.